gonna track. The only thing that matters is a win. That's it. However, whatever, whatever it takes. Let's go, man. Let's win on three. One, two, three. Win. Live. 319. In the entertainment capital of the world. Vikings blitz. Manning got it off the rare deep throw, and maybe that's why they don't do it. Intercepted by Xavier Rhodes. It's the T.C. Martin Show. They're not used to this damn heat. They're over there trying to set up damn pits over there on the sidelines. Hey, Mr. Ryan. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Okay, I ain't going to worry about you no more. 300 yards, four touchdowns. It's so sweet when you walk off the field knowing you gave everything you got. Team win tonight. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 Wednesday, hump day. Gotta love it. As uh, we're working our way towards Super Bowl 58. Got a ways to go. All right. And uh, for yours truly, last day that I'll be around here for a while, heading to Sacktown, my hometown, Sacramento, for our annual Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame extravaganza on Sunday, Thunder Valley Casino Resort. Looking forward to that. A big reunion, all of our great Sacramento's greatest athletes. So that event on Sunday. So I'll be gone tomorrow and Friday. And that means Jose Valente will be in tomorrow. See win. Chris Wynn will be here on Friday holding it down. Monday, we'll give you a special show where it'll be a tribute to our class of 2024 Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame inductees. So you'll hear some interviews that uh, we did with our inductees, including Matt Barnes, Nick Johnson, uh, James Donaldson, uh, Jamie Whitmore, and our comedian Dennis Gaxiol. And speaking of that, uh, today on the show, we are going to visit uh, with Jamie Whitmore. Now, a lot of people are probably not familiar with her. But if you are a triathlon fan, uh, you will know her because she is one of the superstars as far as triathlon goes and also a paracyclist, and she still competes today. She was an ESPY Award winner going back a few years ago for Best Female Athlete with a Disability. And the reason why Jamie Whitmore has a disability is because she suffered, uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, going back about mm, 12 years ago. And you're going to hear her story today on the show. And she overcame that. And uh, so basically, for the most part, gave up her triathlon career, lost her hamstring, her glute muscle, nearly died. Oh, by the way, she went through three surgeries in a year. And uh, she was pregnant with twins during that as well, too. She's got a tremendous story. And uh, a lot of people familiar with her because of her ESPY that she won a few years back. Very unique and tremendous career. She's a Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, she'll going, be going as part of the class of 2024 this weekend. So you're going to get a chance to hear her story. Uh, she is fantastic. So uh, you'll hear from her today. Dennis Gaxiola, our resident comedian, diehard Raiders fan, Chiefs hater. So he's got plenty of thoughts. So we haven't got a, ch- a chance to talk to, to Gax. Uh, just Great comedian, dry bar comedy. You can go check him out uh, on YouTube or everywhere. He's toured with Fluffy and just about everywhere. Tours overseas, 
so many military bases throughout the world uh, representing our troops because he is a former military guy himself. But uh, one of our favorites and a great sports fan, so love uh, talking to, to Dennis Gaxiel regarding the Raiders, talking a lot about the Warriors, the A's. So I like to call him our resident comedian, and then he'll be performing Sunday night too in Sacramento at our uh, Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration, the big party, Sacramento's best sports night of the year, taking place Sunday night. So going to SAC, you're in SAC, or you're in SAC, because we have so many people that listen to the show in Sacramento. Get your tickets. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and get ready for Sacramento's best sports night of the year on Sunday. So I'll be back on Tuesday and uh, we get ready for the Super Bowl, and it'll be a radio row on Wednesday and Thursday. Got some great guests already lined up for next week as well. And uh, plus, um, Jay Schrader will be joining me down there, Marco D'Angelo as well. So our regular crew will be taking up uh, the spots there at uh, Radio Row inside the uh, Mandalay Bay Convention Center where everybody will be. And uh, we'll have uh, a bunch of great guests from a variety of different sports because it's Super Bowl. So uh, I love those environments, thrive in those environments, love uh, broadcasting the show. And when, as you know, every time there's a major fight, uh, we are at a location like that. And where you get a chance to visit with uh, so many different people, just not people that are participating in the event, but hey, it's a big deal. So looking forward to Super Bowl 58 finally being here in Las Vegas. And I think uh, Las Vegans are looking forward to it too, more so than they were probably looking forward to Formula One. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's the same, Super Bowl. Same traffic. Right. Drama. Yeah. Not as bad. But it not, it's not like, well, it's we're not closing roads. To have a race on it, and you can't go. I mean, again, it's a it's a regular football game, right? Yeah, you know, in the sense it's a football game, so you're not closing roads, and you got to make bridges and tear up and tear down all that stuff. But just from a standpoint of marketing and standpoint of exposure, Super Bowl is number one. Formula One is great, just like World Cup, worldwide audience. Uh, Super Bowl, as we know, has a worldwide audience as well. But this is this is our baby, you know. It's like and, and it's series. starting at a normal time for us. Thank yeah, you. Exactly, it is. It's not starting at eleven o'clock. Right. Right. What three forty three kickoff? I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. There you go. We'll get that exact time. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So, like I said, I'll be off the next couple of days and then back on Tuesday. But keep listening to the show here and follow everything at tcmartinshow.com. So, also, Steve Berline joined us today. You're not going to believe where Berline is today. Should I save it for you? No, no, you're saving it. I'm going to save it. You're Steve Berline on location today. He's probably here. If he was here, he would be here. No, but I mean, like, he, he's probably in or he'd Vegas. Or he'd be on the or, golf course. Okay. He's, he's going to be calling us. Is that, or, is that your wager? Uh, he, Allegiant. Oh, that's your wager? That Something he, like that. You're putting it down that he's in Vegas? Some, he's, in, he's in Vegas. Because he, he kind of tipped it off that he was coming to Vegas yeah. beginning of next week. All right. I'm not going to say. When we introduce him at 2.30, You'll I'll say, tell you where he's from. You'll be like, from four miles down the road. That's you saying that, not me. I know. All right. I'll take the over on that one. So on the mileage. I'm Go excited. Ahead. Yes. What I just got out of all of that mm-hmm. intro, mm-hmm. I see you twice in the next week and a half. I know. I thought about that, too. Yeah. 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 But you know darn well you're going to be calling me every day. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm... <laughs> You're going to be calling me the, every The day. Hall of Fame oh, stuff is done. Yeah. The show is going to be easy peasy. I'm not going to I'm not going to have to message you, call you. I'm I'm going to be right. good. I hope you're right. That's good. 
That's good. But you're used to these vacations away from me because it's a vacation. But it's, hold on. It, it's only like, normally it's three days. Yeah. Well, you know, like, like, like nor- yeah. yeah, normally you're going on the road for a couple of days back. Mm-hmm. This is, you're gone. You, you're going to be here, but you're going to be at Allegiant. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I see you today. Allegiant, well, technically Mandalay Bay, but yeah. Well, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Just and across. I'm cur- and I'm curtailing a lot of the, um, Radio Row stuff. And if some guys want to be there all week, I really don't care for being there all week. I want to be there on certain days. And for me, Wednesdays and Thursdays are the big days. Friday, obviously, we're at the Westgate. So I don't, I don't want to bypass the Westgate. So, uh, and again, we always have great shows Friday at the Westgate as we're leading up to the big games. So, uh, we'll be back at the Westgate a week from Friday. But yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Radio Row. And then Tuesday, like I said, I'll just be getting back into town. Not a lot is happening on yeah. Tuesdays on that Tuesday. So, it, it really starts ramping up. Everybody starts coming to town Wednesday, Thursday. So I have a terrible Tuesday story for you. You do? Yeah. Terrible yeah. Tuesday, even leftover. though today's Wednesday. It's a leftover. It's a leftover. Okay. Because we, di- we didn't get to it. I am totally open to that. What do you got? Why are we still talking about Taylor Swift making the damn Super Bowl? Okay, so what you're saying, what you're, the, what Numbchuck is referencing, because Taylor Swift has been following Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs around. You've been seeing her every a lot, game. just about every game of the last. Although we, we saw it was like what forty four seconds in total. Yeah, but still, you saw the shots. You, you saw, you see everything. I'll give CBS the credit though, because the shots were like for two seconds yeah. at a time. It they hit her like, and then they go right. Yeah, off. yeah, but. Okay, so what Numbchuck's referring to, right? Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, is that Taylor Swift is booked for a concert in Japan. Now, technically, I believe it's, is it Saturday in Japan? It is the 10th. Now, you're horrible at math, but do you know if, if Japan is forward or backwards? It, they're uh, backwards. No, they're forwards. Forward, exactly. they, they are forwards. Yeah. They're past the line. Forwards. You like that? Forwards. forwards. Like there's two of them? Yeah. Forward. There's two forwards? Forward. Two guards? They're forward. In the center? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The clock is ahead of us. How's that? So here's what it is. It is yeah. her show should end around 10 o'clock. Where's she? I want to know. Tokyo. She's in the, she's in is Tokyo. She in the dome? She's in the I, I Tokyo I don't, dome? I don't, I don't know where she's at in Tokyo. Really? Capacity 53,428. Okay, Mr. Wrestling. <laughs> Mr. Wrestling. Mr. Wrestling. Yeah. It's the dome. Come yeah. on. Um, it ends at 10 p.m. Tokyo time. No, which, en- no encore for those people. No. She's gone. She's probably going to be gone. Okay, so probably on her big old jet airliner right after that. Which is 5 a.m. Vegas time. Okay, now hold on, hold on, hold on. The concert is Saturday night Tokyo time, correct? Yep. It will end 10 p.m. Tokyo time? Tokyo time. Saturday night? Which is 5 a.m. Vegas time. 5 a.m. where? 5 a.m. It's Saturday. So her her concert will end. You better get the seven-footer on. We do math. Seven footer, you you understand he he goes to Japan all the time. Yeah, he coached in Japan, so hold he on. knows Japan better than anybody. The flight from Tokyo to Vegas takes yeah. twelve hours. Yeah, but I'm still trying to figure out what time it is in Vegas at 10 p.m. Tokyo time on Saturday night, 5 a.m. So it's 5 a.m. Sun? No, no, because Tokyo, I believe, is forward. But it would be. So I think it's, still, it's 5 a.m. Friday. It's still Saturday. I believe it would be 5 a.m. Friday. Fri- well, it's not that far. Call it seven footer. I'm not calling the seven footer. I'm not. I'm not cold calling the seven footer. Okay. Why not? He'll pick up. I know he will. He knows your number. Just, just, just give him a shot. Okay. He is Mister. T- and plus, you don't think that'd be fun? It'd be a good segment here. 
Especially he's going to ask, uh, why? Why are you asking me to be your clock man? Why? And then when you tell him why, then, oh, you're really going to get it. Do you need the number? Okay. Jeez. I mean, you should, you should have all these numbers, you know, in the back of your head. All right. All right. So what you're saying, you're asking me, why is this still a big story? Yes. Um, like, okay, she's going to be here. We all know this. No matter what, she will be here. Who cares if she's here? But exactly. A lot of people do. But as we've talked about, we have those uh, audience members, that those females that are now latching on to football and everything right now. So uh, that that's why, you know. And, of course, you know, it, it's in Vegas. That's it. All right. Let's go. Let, let's let's get the seven-footer. Just go. Let's, let's go cold here. All right. So, so num... So here we go. So so Numchuck has brought up uh you know the, the the big news here. So we gotta go to our resident Japanese connoisseur. It doesn't matter if it's food, if it's sport, sumo wrestling, basketball, or time zones, the one and only Big Bill Cartwright has answers to everything Japan. What's going on, my friend? It's interesting because I, as you know, I love pretty much everything about Japan. Yes. Their standard is outstanding. Yes. Uh, Food's outstanding. People, outstanding. How they conduct themselves, outstanding. So uh, what are we talking? We are talking, because you know, off the top of your head, we need to know what the time difference is from the West Coast, Las Vegas, San Francisco, (laughs) to Japan. What time is it now? We got to... So... Are they are they forward or are they backwards? That's what we need to know first and foremost. They are ahead of us almost a day. Exactly, a day ahead of us. Okay, so here you go. So, you were pretty good in math, right? If it if it is 10 p.m. on Saturday night in Tokyo, a city you are very familiar with, what time will it be in Las Vegas? 10 p.m. Saturday, Tokyo. Give it to me. Uh, I do not know. What what? What? I I don't know the direct time. I just know that they are almost a day ahead. I don't think exactly. Um, Do we know a day ahead? But I just know they are ahead of us a day. It's saying that it's five a.m. Tokyo or ten p.m. Tokyo is five a.m. Vegas. So is that five a.m. Sunday morning? No, it'd be back or no. Yeah, so it would be... Okay, so I'll give you an example right now. Okay, right now, it is 7.15 a.m. on Thursday in Japan right now. So do the math, Bill. So you're you're looking at 5 a.m. Saturday morning. So that would in be... Vegas. If it's, okay, 2.15 here, 7.15 the next day in Tokyo. So that's 12 hours... Right? Okay, so it's 17 hours. We're, is that right? 17 hours ahead? Tokyo is 17 hours ahead? Does that make sense? Uh, sure. <laughs> the flight from Tokyo to Vegas can take 12 hours, meaning Swift can arrive at 5 p.m. local the day before the Super Bowl, 25 hours and 35 minutes before kickoff. Look at the, look at the, the Bill. You like that? This is why Nunchuck called you. Because Taylor Swift is doing a concert in Tokyo in the Dome, which I'm sure you've been, on Saturday night, and she has to be back to Vegas here, so Numchuk was concerned if she's going to make it or not. That's why you were called. What do you think of that? You were called about about the Miss Tokyo 
pageant. You were called about getting us some sushi or what was your favorite restaurant. That's what you were called for. Taylor Swift time clock. Look, I I love talent. I love music. Um, I have a strong appreciation for people who build themselves up from nothing, and now that they're doing extraordinarily well, yeah. and I can care less about Taylor Swift. What you guys are talking about? Dude, we, we, holy smokes! This, holy smokes! Who in the world cares about that? Everybody, have you not seen Twitter or the news? Well, everybody or... except Bill and I. Exactly. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> we're the minority. Uh, look, look, I mean, like I said, look, like, look, like, look, like, look, like I said, I have nothing against anybody. And congratulations <laughs> on all the success and uh, all this adulation uh, that 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 she's getting. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, you, if, if you're a KC fan. You've been pulling for the Chiefs for 40 years, and then here she comes walking in, and she gets gets all this attention. What is up with that? It's like, hey, look, I've been here for 40 years pulling for this team, and this person walks in and is, like, claiming that she's, she's a great fan. Don't you find that to be a bit, I don't know, preposterous? Well, people will say they anybody can be a fan at any given time. That's what they'll give you. But you and I would would spit on that. We'd scuff on that. We do an iron cheek. Ha! Pooey! That's what I say. Taylor Swift. Taylor, I got Jabroni Hulk Hogan. That's a Taylor Swift. Swifty. What what the hell's a Swifty? Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. People there for fans 40 years. It's like, look, I've been for 40 years. Let's give her a Chiefs quiz. Up? Can she tell us who Lynn Dawson is? Can she, can she tell us who the great Elmo Wright was? Anybody. Ed Podolak. Let's even go oh, modern oh Chiefs. Okay. Can she, could she even tell us who Steve DeBerg is? Come on, man. Um, I don't know. You know, there's some things I'm worried about today. Uh, that's 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 just not in the top two of my list. How many times have you been to Japan? How many times have you made that flight? Come on, a ballpark. How many? I've been over there half a dozen. Okay, and you don't know like the time difference, like off the top of your head. I mean, come on, man. Why? Why in the world would I know that? I've also been to Sweden. I've also been to Ireland. Uh, I don't know that either. But so... neither of those are in the news right now. <laughs> Taylor Swift is number one. Oh, no. Well, it's number one for you. <laughs> Not at all to me. Like I said, it doesn't make my top ten. And, and, if, I, and if we didn't have this conversation, I would be clueless where she is right now. So there you go. There you go. Do, do you want to um, try to get some tickets for that show in Tokyo? I'm sure you got some You got some cronies still back there. You know, you want to, you want to entertain them? Better let them know that Taylor's coming. I'm sure they already know. Yeah, yeah, they probably do. And I tell you what, the uh, Japanese uh, fans, the sports fans, they're very enthusiastic. So I'm sure it would be a great concert. Yeah, they have a great time. Uh, they'll appreciate it. Uh, half of them won't understand a word they're saying, but uh, they'll they'll definitely. Uh, the ones that do will love it. And there you go. All right. So who do you got next week? You got Chiefs or you got Niners? Uh, I know you would say that'd be a pick'em for you. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a tough, tough game. I think everybody likes KC probably better than the Niners, which is confusing too. 
uh, just like like, but uh, I'm just looking forward to a good game. Look, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Cowboys Cowboys lost, season's over. So um, I'll just say KC and and and, and if the Niners win, they win. Uh, if KC wins, I'm good too. All right, man. All right. Well, uh, I, what did we interrupt you? I mean, uh, it was a little bit late for a bowl of soup for you today. So sorry that uh, we interrupted you. Were you in the middle of diagramming it, some it, X's and O's or uh, do an autographed book signing? What were you doing? You know, this this is pretty amazing because I did have some uh, Japanese food today at uh, this restaurant close to our house called, called Arigato. Wow. And I had some uh, stuffed mushrooms. Uh, they were excellent. And a little miso soup, uh, very very healthy. So um, I don't know. Maybe we got some good some vibes going here. Yeah, that, juju, uh, yeah. You guys knew that I, I had some uh, huh. some some Japanese for lunch. Uh, did Did you sit on the floor? Did you take your shoes off, or is that all a myth? <sighs> no, I think um, staying on the floor, especially. Um, Nowadays is not probably not good. Not good hygiene. Um, well, no, there's no reason. I have chairs. Uh, when I'm in uh, Japan, I use chopsticks. When I'm here, I use a knife and fork. So. All right. What's the translation so, of the name of that restaurant? Do you know that? Like, what does that mean in English? I should know that. Yeah. I should. I should know that. Next time, you, know next time you go back, there's a there's some homework assignment for you. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Taylor Swift homework that you're that you're gonna fail, but I, I think you'll 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 pass the flying colors with the translation of your favorite Japanese restaurant there in San Francisco. Well, I think that actually I'm in Sacramento. Oh, there so. it is. There it is. That's right. And you're gonna stay in Sacramento until Sunday, right? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to San Francisco tomorrow because something more important. Our USF Dons are playing on Thursday and Saturday. Mm, that's right. Uh, so there you go. Right. That's what I'm focused on. Right. You, you guys can go to Japan and, uh, yeah, you know, my wife and I were chatting the other day because uh, we're talking about, do we know a song by her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. So there you go. Uh, well, well, Nubchuck will oblige. You know, if you want to feel like you want to sing along, you know, you you can if you'd like sing along. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know a song. Uh, you might. I mean, I, so I can. Then, no, I know. Then again, when you're driving around in that big old truck of yours, I, I know it doesn't. You know, get any modern stations. I mean, you're listening to some '60s, some '70s, some '80s. There you go, Bill. There it is. That's right. As you know, as you know, today I was listening to some James Brown, Body Heat. Oh, I love Body Heat. One of my favorites. Body Heat. Yeah, Body Heat. There's a Taylor Swift man right there. All right. All right. Well, make sure you enjoy the Dons. Get a couple victories Thursday and Saturday. And I'm seeing you in Sacramento on Sunday, my friend. You got a lot of people that are looking forward to seeing you, man. There you go. Including your your girl, Danielle Viglione, the greatest sharpshooter out of of Texas, as you well know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our girl. (laughs) Yeah, she's got a seat right next to you by request. Yeah, she can do that. We can talk some sports. I can guarantee you, she doesn't know anything about Taylor Swift either. Yeah, that's probably right. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much for your your lack of participation with your Japanese time clock. That that was very appropriate. (laughs) Take care, man. See ya. (laughs) 
There it is. Adios. Oh my goodness. We got adios. Why why is a guy who spent so much time in Japan, coach in Japan, always say adios at the end? I don't know. <laughs> you understand that's not Japanese. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. It's Swedish. Wouldn't it be Arigato? <laughs> Arigato. Arigato? Wasn't that the name of the restaurant? That's the name of the restaurant. But is that what he said? Uh, yeah. That, I was trying. No, 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 because he would know that. He would understand the trans. He didn't know the translation. That's going to bug him. I know him. That's going to bug him. He's going to go back and get some fortune cookies, some to go, just so we can ask about that. So talking about Kelsey, do we want to bring up that whole situation I with do. Tucker? I do. When do we do, have time? When do we want to do that as we look at the show here today? So Steve Berline coming up momentarily. Dennis Gaxiola coming your way at 3. Jamie Whitmore, 3.30. That is a pretty good story. That, it's a great story. All right. Let's talk about it now. Let's All do right, it. Since we're talking about this. All right. So um, no one really knew about this, the game Sunday between Kansas City and Baltimore uh, pregame. Now, there's kind of an unwritten rule where – well, actually, it's kind of a written rule that uh, when you warm up, okay, an hour and a half before game time, that you know one team is on one side of the 50-yard line. The other is on the other, okay? Kickers have carte blanche because they can go and practice at both ends, you know, checking out the wind and all that kind of thing. Yep. All right. So this was before the quote-unquote regulation warm-up time. So Justin Tucker was out there earlier, his home stadium. And Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were out there as well. Well, Tucker was setting up his tee. Justin Tucker, the fine field goal kicker, best field goal kicker in the NFL, was setting up on the goal line. He was set up on the goal line. You're not going to kick a 10-yard field goal. And I don't want to hear about, oh, that's how I warm up, then I work our way back, back, back. No, you should be the first one you hit is on the 10-yard line. And that's not even an extra point anymore, all right, because the extra point is, you know, back at the 23-yard line. So he was there. And Travis Kelsey was like, hey, man, you're in our territory. Get out of here, punk. Now, I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say that. And Tucker had a little gamesmanship. And Kelsey said, okay, I'm taking your tee, taking your helmet, and I'm tossing it. And he threw it. And so this got a lot of uh, rant or a lot of news uh, in the last, you know, 20, 24 hours or so when this story came out, all right? So you're going to hear from all the participants in there. First, here is Justin Tucker talking about what happened in the pregame warm-up. Each team's kicker uh, goes to the other team's uh, designated warm-up area on the field. And for me, it's usually about 90 minutes before kickoff. So um, I've been doing the exact same thing for 12 years. Never really had a problem with anybody. Um, but... Uh, uh, yeah, that's just that's just kind of the w- the way I, we've always done it, and the way uh, kickers around the league have always done it. Um, you know, and I, I saw Patrick there trying to warm up and get some drop back, so uh, he asked me while I was on the ground stretching, like if I could move my helmet. So I happily got up and I moved my helmet out of the way. At least I thought it was enough out of the way. Um, and then uh, Travis comes over and he just kicks my stuff and he throws my helmet. And I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship, um, you know, all in good fun, but. They seem to be taken a little bit more seriously, um, and uh, I'm I'm totally willing to let it all go. But um, yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's just you know what I've done for 12 years, and it's it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic. I'm just trying to get ready for the football game, just like they are. 
All right, you heard from Justin Tucker. Okay, that is his version of the story what happened pregame between the Chiefs and the Ravens, where Kelsey said, "Hey, get out of here, man! You know, get out of our end." and Kicked uh, his helmet, threw his, tossed his helmet away, this and that, and Kelsey was pounding his chest a little bit. All right, uh, here is Travis Kelsey's version of what happened. We're warming up, and we do our same warm up every single time on our side of the field. For those of you that don't know what happens in pregames, the Ravens have their side of the field, and the Chiefs have our side of the field. Now, specialists, because of like the wind factor and yeah, they go to where both you sides, are, they get they get a up. chance to kick at, at both field goals and kind of punt from both sides of the field but it's always if you're if you're trying to go onto the other team's designated area you kind of stay out of their way you know you you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on that is the unwritten rule that's the unwritten rule if you want to be a f- dick about it you keep your helmet and your football and your f- <laughs> kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up and they're yeah. dropping Eyes are looking left, and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. But like, if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. Justin came out, and he said it was more of a joking gesture and kind of a fun competitive. And I get it. I mean, he was kind of winking at me, like being a dick about it, like trying to get under the skin. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. I get it, it but it got under me your skin and a me bit. and Pat, we were we've been having the same mentality for this game all week long, man. Yeah. And it was uh you gotta go in there and 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 have the right mind frame. Have yeah. the right mindset and we just weren't in a joking mood. Um we yep. were ready to get after it. And uh so Justin, sorry if we took it to a <laughs> level that you didn't think it'd get to that play, but if you're gonna be a dick, I promise you I can <laughs> I can one up you every time. Trap Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey on their podcast. All right. So it continued on today on the Pat McAfee show where Kelsey was uh, telling the story with Pat McAfee about it to this national t- TV audience and a uh, special guest popped in. And then both the football people. Oh! Hey, how are you? hey, Justin Tucker was going to beat your ass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to beat your ass. You know that. Hey, Pat. He's gonna beat your I'll, ass. <laughs> I'll tell you, but Pat, me and me and Patrick were on the sideline in the fourth quarter when Tucker had that chance to cut the lead to one score. If he would have missed that field goal, we were one hundred percent getting a fifteen yard flag. <laughs> but of course, <laughs> gonna, of course, he made it. Of course, he can't let us have any fun. Yeah, yeah. have any fun, man. Yeah, and of course, we were, I was one thousand percent getting flagged for that one. Could you too. imagine you two sprinting on the field? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Have a little fun. So, yeah, that's the controversy. So a little gamesmanship by both guys there. And, uh, of course, making a lot of headlines. Hey, it's the dead week, as I like to call it, right? The dead week. You got all this stuff to talk about. Next week, you start cracking it up. You know, we crank it up next week as we get ready for Super Bowl 58 here in Las Vegas. All right, we come back. Steve Berline's going to join us, the quarterback, the... NFL Monday quarterback host on the CBS Sports Network, longtime NFL analyst, and of course, uh, a former NFL quarterback, Super Bowl champion himself. He joins us like he normally does, and we'll get his little off, uh, you know, off week uh, take and recap both of those championship games in a little look ahead to next week's Super Bowl here in Vegas. Steve Berline joins us from a mm, surprising location. <laughs> Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. 
Ah, uh, yes. I love those sounds. I love those horns because that means it's cool in the gang. And they are back here in Las Vegas. Yes, Super Bowl weekend. They are right here. You know what I'm saying? Westgate, next Friday and Saturday night. What you got to say? I say cool in the gang. Robert Cool Bell. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah, and it's ladies' night. <laughs> what you got to say? A little celebration, a little Hollywood swing, and got them all for you. Get your tickets at the Westgate or at Ticketmaster.com for Cool in the Gang next Friday and Saturday at can, the Westgate. Can I get about 48 tickets of that? Uh, well, you think you're Steve Burline now? Jeez, no. <laughs> it's a joke. Just a joke. No, not Steve Burline. Other guests? Yeah, some high numbers, but that's okay. All right. So, speaking of which, this is the dead week. This is the off week. Now, a lot of us are working hard, but some people, you know, they're on national TV. They're doing their show. They're flying back and forth to New York. They get a week off. They get a week off right now. And guess where... Our astute guest is right now. I, I I got a crystal ball and I see I see beach. I see sand. Steve Burline, where are you at? Hey, I am not telling you. I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep that a mystery because knowing you, you might send one of your buddies out to find me out here. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I don't think you, I don't yeah. I don't I don't think your network is quite that impressive. So I can tell you. I, 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 I am in, uh, I'm on Oahu in, in Kailua. So it's about, uh, about 25, 30 minutes outside of Honolulu from the airport. Yeah. And, uh, I got some great friends that have a beautiful place here right on, literally on the beach. Man. And, uh, I'm looking out at the ocean right now, man. It's spectacular. I mean, it must be nice to be you. I mean, here you go. Oh. You know, New York City, L.A., then you jet set over to Hawaii, and then you're coming to Vegas. I mean, it must be nice, man. That's all I got to say. Well, I'll tell you what. When I, I was taking a flight from New York back to Los Angeles Monday night after my show, I got back to my house about 12.30 a.m., and I had to be back at LAX at 5.30 a.m., to catch a flight uh, to Hawaii. So at that point, I wasn't feeling that lucky. <laughs> but right about now, I'm feeling pretty darn lucky. That a sure. boy. All right. You got your no favorite cocktail in, in, in uh, your right hand or what? You know, got it right no, there? No, actually, you, 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 you just, not yet. Not yet. What I did this morning, my buddy, they get up and he and his wife get up every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, and they go to hot yoga. Ooh. And uh, so Ooh. Esther and I went and uh, joined them for hot yoga. Now, have you ever seen uh, a beached whale trying to do hot yoga? Uh, <laughs> That—that's that, kind of what I look like. <laughs> you know, you could have. I've ever tried it. You could have left the uh, shirt on, so you wouldn't be identified as a I beach did. whale. You know. You know, I—I I, I actually did leave the shirt on, uh, <laughs> and and still was identified as a beach whale. Yes, oh. maybe a beached porpoise. Porpoise. So probably be a little bit more accurate. So here's the pressing question, my friend: Is that uh, what is the difference between hot yoga and cold yoga, or regular yoga, or let's say you know mid-level yoga? You don't know the difference. I don't. What? I want to hear it from the experts. So who just you never you've been involved with it? No, but people I know have. Well, okay, let's hear. It's it. insane. Okay, let's yeah, hear. Yeah, yeah. Nunchuck has friends. That's you know. So yeah, he, but he's uh, got friends that know what hot yoga is all about. Now, 
I mean, I've known what hot yoga has been all about. In fact, I think I did try it maybe 10 years ago, one, one point on a vacation somewhere. But hot yoga, it basically is, is regular yoga, but it's just in a room that's up over 100 degrees. They just they crank the heat up. They get it up probably around 115 degrees in there, so you get an unbelievable sweat. Uh, some of us sweating more than others, obviously. Uh, but uh, that's really all of the difference is just the heat in the room, uh, just to generate, you know, uh, more of a, uh, sweat and a cleanse really from the, of the toxins from your body, etc. So that's it. That's my, that's my explanation. And, uh, do you get exhausted out uh, of that? Did you pull a hammy or anything of that nature? I mean, and- well, everybody else seemed to be doing just fine. I was absolutely <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> so, and I'm sure the, like, that's a morning thing. So I'm sure, you know, people go for maybe some fresh uh, juice, sque- squeeze juice yeah, after that. Yeah, exactly. And you probably went right exactly. for the, you know, uh, you know, Tito's or whatever immediately, right? You know, you bought your well, or coffee. I was, actually, I was presented with the option of going to a breakfast place called Over Easy. And, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I didn't want to be too, uh, you know, too uh, obvious with what I wanted to do, but everybody else kind of voted against it and said, no, we're just going to go home and get some smoothies. Just like you said, and I was like, okay, we'll yeah. go get some smoothies. <laughs> Over easy was sounding pretty good to me. Yeah, bacon, uh, eggs, hash browns, or some you yeah, know, great I mean, heck, potatoes. I just, got, yes. I just got, I I just survived hot yoga, for God's sake. Yeah, I love and, uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times in the middle of that yoga class I stood up. Everybody else is, you know, they're they're following the directions and it's moving from one pose to the other. And but I I, I stood up and just looked around the room and I was like, I I can't even think about getting in that position. <laughs> I mean, what what are these people doing? <laughs> and, and and I'm sure uh, Esther had no problem. I mean, she do, she probably fit yeah, right yeah. in, right? Esther had no problem. Yeah, so see, I mean, I see. I mean, making it look easy like the rest of them. Do you do you ever like look around like especially when you with her and you say, "Man, I'm the luckiest dude. I've got her fooled." I mean, what am I doing with her? I mean, she must be in the back of her brains thinking like, "Why am I with this beach whale?" You know? You ever you ever get that feeling? No. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's getting <laughs> so he's getting mad now. He's like, dude, what is, Oh, yeah, shit. it's all in good fun until you start actually <laughs> you go, no. you know, making sense. Yeah, you start making, I'm like, wait, no, I no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I love it making sense. In yeah. all seriousness, man, I've got to say this, man. I mean, for you, take the time out to join me on my show today when you are, you know, 4,000 miles away, Hawaii, uh, done with hot yoga on the beach. I mean, that's, that's some dedication. I appreciate it. You, you are truly a good friend. You're a good sport, man. I, you know, and I feel guilty now, you know, for having you on. You feel guilty. Well, that's good. Here it comes. I I, I like that. I like feeling like I got a little, um, Little of the, you know, little of your little one up uh, on me. That's what you got. Yeah, yeah, got, a little one up, a little, yeah, little, the, the O column. The I know you. Maybe at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, a, I like that. You like the O column? Like, okay, here's a here's that's your right. marker. Okay, I got you. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Remember, remember that time I was in Hawaii. You told me how much you appreciated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> me, me coming on the show, going out of my way for you. Yeah. Oh, that's I, it, man. That's it. That's Steve Berline, ladies and gentlemen, live at the beach. Now, uh, we had this big uh, 
question. We had to bring in our uh, Japanese expert, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, who goes to Japan a lot, used to coach basketball in Japan, and we were trying to figure out what the time differential is from Vegas, West Coast, to Japan. Uh, do you know the, that answer? Because it, it's very prevalent, and you know why it's prevalent, don't you, in regard to the Super Bowl? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't, but, you know, but, 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 but Numchuck says everybody is concerned about this that because Taylor Swift is performing in Japan the night before and she's going to get done Saturday night at 10 p.m. in Tokyo and she's got to get to Vegas for the Super Bowl. So, Steve Berline, do the calculation. Uh, what time would it be on the West Coast, specifically Vegas, if it's 10 p.m. on a Saturday night in Japan? What time would it be? In Vegas. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of math. Yeah, um, right. Let's say, I would say, let's see. So Hawaii is two hours behind Pacific time, hmm. um, and so uh, Japan would be probably another. Uh, I think. I think Japan is what eight hours behind. Uh, or is it ahead? See, there you know. go. You're going the wrong direction. Yeah, it's seventeen yeah. hours ahead. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I didn't know if you ever made there that trip or not. I, I have, but I obviously wasn't paying attention. <laughs> cool. uh, <laughs> 13, what, 12, 13 I, hours on a plane? Come on, man. you got to be sleeping there. Yeah, well, I think that when I did it, the time I did it was uh, I went two years in a row. The only two times I've been. One year was when I was with the Raiders. We went over there and played uh, an exhibition game. And then the following year, I was with the Cowboys, and the Cowboys went over to Tokyo and played an exhibition game. Wow. So um, I was very young and, and really not able to uh, keep up with that kind of stuff. I was just trying to make a football team and, you know, figure out how to find the nearest sake and sushi joint. Yeah, right. <laughs> or something else. Oh, that's all yeah. that really matters. Yeah. Yeah. So who is more of a Swifty, uh, you or Esther? Yeah, I think we're both. I, th- I think I would probably say me more, really? uh, more so than Esther. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know, I just I really uh, uh, not that she's not into music and everything, but I've got two daughters that are both singers, and yeah, uh, some of my greatest memories in raising them. My youngest is eighteen, and just literally, you know, driving around before they had their driver's license, and just letting them crank the music, um, all their favorites. You know, whoever it might have been at the time, it's always with both of them. It was Justin Bieber and a One Direction and Sean Mendez, and of course Taylor Swift was in there as well. But I, I feel like I personally know all these people. See, so, you and I uh, are in the same boat. I, I was the same thing, driving my daughter around, her friends, or they're or, you know coaching, and I was I was coaching her with you know, basketball and softball. So you know that you know every practice, every game, that stuff was on in the car, man, or you know in our pregame warmups. Always, yeah. always, always. Yeah, I mean, I got to know. I got to know everything about um, uh, you know Harry and Liam and Niall and all oh, the no. different One Direction guys. And uh, my daughter used to quiz me, you know, with each different part of the song that came on. Who's singing this one now, Dad? Yeah. And I got to the point where I could identify them all by voice. That's how good I was. Man. Yeah. See, but I know so, you probably didn't mind like a Bruno Mars. You were fine with Bruno, and uh, you know, I don't know how you felt about a Sean yeah. Kingston or something like that. You know. No, I, I love them all. I love, yeah. I, love uh, I, I appreciate that kind of talent, that kind of uh, entertaining yeah. ability. I mean, yeah. Bruno Mars is one of my favorites. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Jason Derulo. Yeah. There's another Jimmy, one. 
give me some give me some tickets to Bruno Mars. That's what I want. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, step in line there. There you go. Okay. Get to work on that. Listen, yeah, that's the chip I want to get. That's the chip. Oh dang! I thought uh, that was just a bucket of chicken. Now we've elevated the game a little bit. I understand that. I understand, my friend. All right. So all right. So you're having some time. So is it confirmed now? You are rolling through Vegas after the Hawaii trip. Is that right? Yeah, I'll be coming direct from from uh, Hawaii on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get in, I think, Sunday afternoon around 3 o'clock, 3.30, and then uh, we've got a little production meeting for our show on Monday, and and I'm free Monday, Sunday night and, you know, uh, and Monday night for sure, maybe a little bit earlier in the day on Monday, too. So I'll, I'll be trying to, uh, you know, get into the, the spirit of things as, as much as I possibly can. All right. And where uh, you guys looking forward to it? Where are you guys shooting at uh, the show on Monday? Uh, is that in a studio a really good, or, or, or is it Bellagio? Out? Bellagio. Oh, so you'll be actually out out in the audience and all that stuff. You guys are on the fountains, aren't you? you guys doing the, fount- the phones? The fountains. Oh. The fountains. Oh, I don't. I don't have any. I mean, wherever they have, it's wherever they have the big uh, CBS uh, setup. Uh, it might be in the fountain. Yeah, yeah it I is. It I think very C- well might be. I think CBS is. All right, so there you go. You're, yeah. you're going from one p- picturesque site to, to another, man. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going where people tell me to go, man. I understand, it, it, I, as you that's should. That's what yeah. the way it works. Yeah. yeah, and that's what Esther is doing for the next, like, you know, 48 hours, too. Steve, over here. Let's go. Speaking that's of which, what, what's, what's the banging? What's the banging? Is somebody cracking open uh, a coconut I, next to you? What's you know, going on? I, no, I'm trying to figure out where to go where I can get away from that. That's okay. Uh, it's a, there, there's a there's a there's a house being built uh, oh, right next door. Actually, I'm, I'm believe it or not, I'm uh, this house that we're staying at is, is two or three houses down from uh, a house that the Rock owns. Oh wow! Um, so okay. it's a really nice strip of beach here, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, they've got this new home going up next door that that uh, they're doing the all the hammering and sawing and all that stuff. So I'm trying to. Get out of that area right now. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be a little better. Look at that's where a, I'm walking now. That's okay. I mean, you you really could have just you know went with it and said, yeah, they're splitting coconuts right now. They're 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 killing something for dinner. You could have went with that. We you know that would have been a better radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're too honest. There you go. All right, we got we got yeah, a house view. Right. All right, I need to know uh, if you roll through a you know a store or anything, or there on the beach, how much is a bag of Lay's potato chips? Because I've heard they're like eight bucks, nine bucks, something like that in Hawaii. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you. I'll I'll, I'll take a picture when I go to the store and I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, and I'll let you know how true that is. Uh, make sure the expiration date is is far enough in advance too, because you know you're you're another planet over there. And I, I want to make yeah, sure you get really some. Fr- yeah, but no, you're getting some fresh food. You're getting some good stuff. Uh, you got you got any luau's planned? Anything like that? You gonna roast a pig? No, we're, we're not. We're not planning on that. Uh, these uh, the the people that that live here, they're they're pretty much locals. They're here four months out of the year, and so you know they just they got their little routine down. And uh, we'll go into town uh, over here for dinner at least one night. But a lot of the time we're just making up barbecuing up food here and uh, just kind of doing it, you know, island style uh, with some other people from Southern California and. Just having a good old time, man. All right, and then so make sure you keep. We will, we will. Yeah, yeah, we will get into Waikiki maybe one time as well. I got some friends over there. I want to go say hi to, and uh, it may get a little nutty over there, you know, one time before we leave. Yeah. But, All right, uh, yeah. Keep the shirt on. Just keep it on, my friend. <laughs> All right. Hey. 
Yes. Come on. I, I got to ask on. you. It's a pot calling the kettle black there. All right. So here we go. I, okay. When I say Dan Campbell, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Or what's the first word that comes to your mind? Well, I love him. I think he's great. I think he's fantastic. Um, I think he, you know, he, he, he blew it uh, on several occasions in that game. Um, you know, hopefully he'll learn from it and, you know, be able to evaluate each situation on its own merit uh, and based on what should be done at that particular time. Uh, because I do really believe that when it was going on, I felt that way and uh, feel even stronger, you know, knowing how the game ended up on Sunday. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's a stand-up guy. He owns it. I, I don't think he'll he'll ever back down from saying that, hey, I don't regret not going forward on fourth or going forward on fourth down. Um, but, but he should, he should, he should regret that because it was decisions like that, that, that directly impacted the game, you know, specifically the first one, uh, when you're, when you're up 14 or you're up 17 coming out of half, the Niners drive down, kick a field goal, pull it within 14, make it a two score game. There is nothing that is more disheartening than answering, coming back, and putting them right back where the second half started. Yep. You know, obviously you want to get a touchdown. You want to maybe go up, uh, you know, 21 instead of 17. But, but the worst-case scenario, you're in field goal range. You take that field goal. You're now three scores up again. You put them right back where they were when they came out to start the second half. And it kind of deflates them a little bit and takes a little energy out of them. Instead, what you do by, by going forward and not making it, you have now given them all the momentum. Uh, they now feel like this is their game to win. If they go down to score on the next drive, uh, they've got a one-score game, and the pressure's now on you. So uh, I just think that that, that decision. And then uh, the other one is almost just as, as significant, the fourth down when they decided to – they could have tied the game fourth and three and decided to go for it again. Um, you know, I, I think the the vast majority, probably eighty percent or more of NFL coaches in that situation will will kick the field goal, take the tie, and see if you can you know stop them, get the ball back, and maybe go and win. Mm-hmm. Agree, agree. I mean, inexcusable yeah. because, as you know, if you're a player. Anyone in that organization, especially a player, you're fighting hard out there, and then your coach kind of takes that opportunity away. Yeah, like you said, a 17-point lead. You may never be in that position ever again in your career. Yeah. And that has to go through your mind as a player, right? Uh, well, it's not going to, at the time. No, not the time. As a player, yeah, yeah you, you, you are uh, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to focus on your job, and you're not sure what – you know you got a coach who likes to go for it. So he's, he's – there's a good 50-50 chance, if not higher, that he's going to go for it. So in your mind, you got to say, hey, it doesn't matter what I think. If we decide to go for it, we got to make this play. And, and so you're not questioning it. You're not, you're not sitting there saying, you know, I hope he doesn't decide to go for it. You're like, hey, this guy likes to go for it. He's our coach. We, we, we're going to go to battle for him. We're going to try and make the play if he decides to go for it. And if he sends the kicker out, great. You know, then we go up three scores. We did our job. We answered. And we'll get ready to go next time. But, uh, you know, players don't get caught up in all that stuff. They do what they're supposed to do. Uh, now, after the game, of course, now, um, you know, the guys will sit back and evaluate it and say, man, why did we, why did we go? Why did we just take the three there? I mean, what, what were we thinking at that point? Uh, but they won't match. I, obviously, they won't come out publicly and make those kind of comments, uh, very often. And 
Uh, I'm not surprised. I haven't seen any of that to this point yet either. All right. All right, we'll keep up uh, tradition before we let you go, my friend. So uh, here we go. Uh, we did this last week. Unfortunately, we have to do it again. Uh, here you go. <laughs> How much you like yeah. Dan Campbell now? That was Steve Berline's future yeah. ticket. Not just to win yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, no, it was to win yeah. the NFC. Up 17, halftime. Yeah. Berline was counting yeah. his money. I, I really was. I truly was. I mean, I... I thought that game was over at halftime. I was like, okay, I'm in pretty good position here right now. But, you know, knowing, knowing uh, the NFL and knowing how good uh, these guys are, having experienced it, you know, firsthand myself many different times throughout the career, I knew, I knew it wasn't over, but I was feeling pretty good about things. Wow. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, I'm really happy for Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. I'm very close to the Shanahan family, as you know, and, uh, they're all so fired up right now. And, uh, you know, they really were the best team in the NFC all year, and they are deserving of they, they They came back and did what they had to do to win that game. And uh, now they're they're one game away from hoisting that trophy. So I'm excited for them and uh, pulling for them for sure. Uh, the problem is, you know, that, that, that dude on the other side, Mahomes, uh, you know, I don't know how he keeps doing it. He's just special. And uh, I would have a really hard time in this scenario now with Brock Purdy, you know, obviously being as young and inexperienced as he is, um, to be able to step up and, and match uh, Patrick Mahomes, I, I just, I don't know where, where I, I would lean toward probably giving the Chiefs the edge in this one, even though I think the, the 49ers are a better team. Uh, I, would, I would give the edge to the Chiefs because of Mahomes. All right. We will talk about it next week, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your time in Hawaii. Appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you next week, bro. All right, man. You got it. Mahalo, brother. Mahalo. Mahalo. Uh, mahalo. Aloha. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. Steve Berline, live from Hawaii. All right. We come back. We're going to get our funny on. Dennis Gaxiel is going to join us. I'm sure he's going to have some rants towards the Chiefs, the Raiders, a whole lot more. Don't you dare go anywhere on a wild Wednesday. It's In the entertainment capital of the world, the world. Touchdown, Las Vegas. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Airs it out down the middle for Adams. Got it. Inside the 10. Touchdown. What a play on fourth down. It's time to get your daily prescription. Prescription. From the doctor. Number two here coming your way, working our way towards the Super Bowl next weekend. And like we said, tomorrow, I'll be on my way to Sacktown. So we will have Jose Valente in for me, Chris Wynn on Friday. And then Monday, we'll have a special show for you, saluting our Sacramento Sports Hall of Famers. Uh, so we'll have some uh, recorded interviews for you with that and then back Tuesday and then Radio Row next week getting ready for Super Bowl 58 and of course this weekend in Sacktown the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration is back 
And uh, the class of 2024, it is our annual reunion of great Sacramento athletes, past and present. It is a reunion. It is fantastic. It is a lot of fun. And if you are in the Sacktown area, uh, make sure you come on out at Thunder Valley Casino Sunday night at 7 p.m. That is uh, the event uh, saluting our class of 202024, which uh, features Matt Barnes, James Donaldson of great NBA fame, Major League Baseball side. You have Nick Johnson, Leon Lee, and uh, we uh, talked to those guys the last couple days. And then Jamie Whitmore, who you'll get a chance to hear from a little bit later on today, uh, the class of 2024. So tickets on sale now, Ticketmaster.com. And uh, come on down. Sunday night, you will love it. And again, it's a one-of-a-kind event, Sacramento's best sports night of the year. Sunday night, 7 o'clock, Thunder Valley Casino, the ninth annual Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. And our next guest, who is our resident comedian for the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, because he is a fantastic sports fan. And uh, we've had him on the show, as you know, many, many times here, because not only is he a big sports fan, he's a diehard Raiders fan, and i got to believe a Chiefs hater, too. And he will be performing like he does at every Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, roasting our inductees, the one and only Dennis Gaxiola. What's up, Dennis? TC, what's happening, brother? Uh, you're not on a golf course today. That's a little bit shocking. Well, you know the Lord's not happy with the Super Bowl when he's got all of Northern California crying. I mean, it's raining so bad I can't even go golfing to get to drown out my misery. Wow, get that rain out of the way. That's right. You know, you and Nick Johnson, man. I don't know who's on a golf course more. You know, uh, you or him or some of our other Hall of Famers, man. You're um, right with them. You know, uh, that's, that's all you get left. After you get to a certain age, there's no more jumps. There's no more throws. All you can do is swing a club. <laughs> all right. So let's set the stage here. Uh, Dennis Gaxiola, he roasts our inductees at our annual Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame event each year. You are probably the only guy that has poked, jabbed, and even insulted the likes of Dusty Baker, Bill Cartwright, Summer Sanders, Teddy Bruschi, Danny Buns, Lance Briggs, Larry Boa, Steve Sachs, just to name a few, and you get away with it. You get away with it, my friend. How is that? I'm five foot seven. I'm I'm a uh, 170 pounds. Other than Tony Lopez, all of them would feel bad hitting me. You know, but Tony, you know, I've just let him know his head is so big. That if he hits me, it's not even hard to hit him back. He's got a big head. Yeah, you think? <laughs> that was his best weapon was to try to wear out people's hands. You don't know, but uh, all jokes aside, I have a blast being behind the curtain with you and all the inductees and, uh, you know, uh, getting to meet them and become friends with them. You know, I, I tease Tony a lot, but we actually go out to dinner with the wives and we've become good friends, him, Laredo Garza, um, all these guys, uh, Dusty, you know, you, you sit there watching these guys play and then to have them know you by your first name is, is amazing. Even, even the big man, um, what's our big center? What's his, <laughs> Bill Cartwright. He even had me to appear at his dad's birthday party. Right. And, I, you know, it, what an honor to be able to uh, represent the Sports Hall of Fame um, at an intimate intimate gathering of uh, for his father's 90th birthday. So, um, uh, you know, it's an honor to be there with you guys. 
Well, you got a heck of an agent, it sounds like. You know? That, that's great. Like, yeah. Well, Gina, you know, your wife, she's my agent. <laughs> in charge nobody nobody get it twisted we know on the night of the event stay out of uh stay out of hurricane gina's way in charge and uh yeah no but it's it's a great event um this year's class is amazing um i'm afraid of matt barnes i don't know why You should be. I mean, because you've seen him on the court, and maybe his tattoos scare you. And, you know, Warriors lore, Kings lore, Lakers lore. I mean, yeah, the guy, the, you don't mess with him on the court. But I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you right now, you are going to be blown away because the guy's a teddy bear. He is a teddy bear. And, and, people, and he's going to get mad at me for probably saying that. But, I mean, he's been on the show. So people... People have heard that and they say, well, you know, because, you know, Matt Barnes does have a reputation. There's no question. He has a reputation of being a bad boy and being an enforcer, so to speak, and all that. And he likes to mix it up. There's no question about it. But now this guy has another side to him, man. He is he he's very, very cool. And he's very humble. I'm wearing my Kobe Bryant mask when I roast him. That way, you know, he knows I'm not even going to flinch. There you go. That's <laughs> nice. That's good. That's good. All right. We're looking forward. Dennis Gaxiola will be uh, entertaining everyone on Sunday night, Thunder Valley Casino for the ninth annual Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration. And uh, we love having you, brother. Love having you do a fantastic job and brings uh, just that entertainment value, that levity to the occasion. That's what I love about it. And again, you know, you've been through a lot of Hall, hall of Fames and this and that. I mean, what we do is is totally different. It is. It, it's it really hits on the the historical side, the human side. You know, and and getting to see these guys, like you mentioned, up close and personal. It's just not for you, uh, you know, behind the curtain. But the fans get to meet and greet these guys yeah. and see them as well. And like I said, then you've got the fun. We got the jams, we got music, we got entertainment, and we got comedy, and uh, that's what I think is so unique uh, about our event. Oh, you! It's a for those who haven't been, you're missing out because it is a first class show for each inductee. I mean, the slideshow and the presentation and the video that you guys put on for each inductee is amazing, and uh, and then after to be able to take pictures. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing. Uh, the Special Olympics, are they going to be there this year? Of course, yes. They're a charitable partner. Yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, they, uh, you know, they, if you have a heart that's alive, you will get moved with, uh, every year I get moved with the presentations for the Special Olympians. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's like a night to look forward to for those of us that know about it. And if you haven't been to it, you are missing out on one of the – not one of the, – the best event in Sacramento every year is the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. Thank you, my friend. All right, before we leave that topic, uh, is there a, a one moment or jab or joke that you delivered that you either like, like either regretted or felt threatened by one of the inductees? Steve Sachs um, – <laughs> Did not take take uh, kind, you know. He didn't appreciate me teasing him about his throwing problems, which I thought was hilarious. I mean, you're a winner in life, bro. Lighten up. <laughs> but um, you know, I before we go out, I I touch bases with each inductee, and um, the brother that was uh, he was the draft pick 
that the Patriots got for the pick that led to Jerry Rice. Um, James Owens? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, he was the, uh, the lineman from the Patriots. Oh, that was Trevor Maddich. Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. Such, such a nice <laughs> gentleman. And when I told him what I planned, he just made it so clear. He goes, you know, Jerry Rice is going to the big Hall of Fame. This is my Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, and can you just, re- you know, not mention Jerry Rice? Let me have my moment with my family. And I 100% got it. And it wasn't a night to compare him to mm-hmm. the GOAT, you know, wide receiver of all time, right. but to let him have his moment. So I want to be funny, but I don't want to take away from anybody's right. night time, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so worst case scenario, I come for you, brother. <laughs> That's it. And, and Trevor joins us uh, each and every week. And uh, so people who listen to Trevor with his astute analysis uh, for college football and pro football, uh, now they're going to have a, a different uh, viewpoint. Like, oh, yeah. And we came across this. Uh, we were going through putting together uh, this year's opening video, and there was a, a picture of Trevor with his plaque, and, and he was lo- looking down, had a scowl on his face. And he, that was because of Dennis Gaxiola right there. How was oh, that? There, there is. <laughs> you know, I'll, of course, uh, I, will, I will always make fun of Tony. So uh, Tony Lopez, he's he's like one of the crowd favorites, uh, just because he's so accessible and he's he's the everyday Hall of Famer, if that makes sense. You know, he he doesn't come in there acting like I'm all that. He's Tony from Sacramento, proud to represent Sacramento, and. You know, it'll, it'll be a fun night. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, brother. Yeah. Um, we haven't got a chance to talk to you since uh, the end of the Raiders season. You're a diehard. You make it back to Vegas a couple times a year. Uh, you, you know, black hole guy back in Oakland. You're Raiders the thick and thin. And every time the Raiders do something uh, stupid, my phone blows up with something from Dennis. So what was your <laughs> thoughts uh, uh, g- giving Antonio Pierce uh the the job there and then also how do you feel about uh you know dipping into chargers uh land to get to your general manager um i love the antonio pierce hire because i said it last year and i don't know if you remember but that when when the locker room turned on um mcdaniels that mark davis wouldn't have a choice but to get rid of him and it didn't take long because with my military background, you know, that guy's a, a lieutenant, not a general. And in order to be a head coach of one of the 32 teams, you need to be a leader of men. And Antonio Pierce proved it because he all of a sudden guys that were pulling up and not giving their all, when he got rid of Marcus Peters, that let everybody know this man ain't playing. You give your all or you're not on this team. And he validated guys like Max Crosby and um, Trey that they wanted 100% on the field. They didn't want anybody there for a paycheck. And I, I just, uh, I, I, I love the, the approach he's taking with the team. He's hiring ball players that have coaching experience to be around him. The general manager hired, I get it. He wanted somebody with experience. And it makes it easy to pick apart anybody's draft history because the draft is a crapshoot. Demarcus Russell was the consensus number one pick. And he, you know, and he bombed. So 
you can hit and miss throughout your career, but he has enough good picks. And he was playing, he was, you know, he was leading a, a flawed organization that didn't want to pay a head coach. So I'm hoping his drafting pays off and that he stays out of the way of Pierce and let the men be the men and let the administrators administrate. Yeah, and I think that's that's what you'll have, you know, no doubt about that. Dennis Gaxiola yeah. joins us, comedian extraordinaire, and again, a Raider fan. Now, You've got a Super Bowl here in Vegas that, and I know how you feel about the Niners because on social media you've got you're ripping Niner fans all the time. You still got this, even, even though the Raiders uh, have left the Bay Area, you still are giving it to Niners fans. So the Niners are here in the Super Bowl uh, in in the Raiders' house at Allegiant Stadium, and their arch nemesis, the Kansas City Chiefs, are going against them. I don't. Is this one of these days where you just you go watch cartoons or something? You go to a movie? Do you, do you not watch this game because I cannot see you rooting for either team. You know what? What, what was the the show where the craziest things would happen? Where the uh, where where like somebody wanted to read and then the world ended and he was in a library by himself? What was that show? That crazy show back in the sixties and seventies. Um, uh, it sounds like it's before my time. I don't know if it wasn't the monsters. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but the, there's that show where somebody's worst nightmare comes true, uh, and Mark Davis, his worst nightmare has come true. He moved the team out of the heart and soul of Oakland. Moved them to Vegas. He has his beautiful palace, and I get it. Oakland is a corrupt city run by. Uh, corrupt politicians that have ruined Oakland. So I get it. He had to leave. But what a nightmare where Pittsburgh Steelers had more fans there than we had fans. Um, every game, I think Pierce is going to change that. And I think they should revoke people's seat licenses, give them their money back if they don't want to come to the games. If all they're doing is being a ticket hawk and flipping the tickets, we got to return that stadium. And, you know, now for the Super Bowl to have, you know, the little, the little pansies across the bay, the wine sipping people <laughs> in Santa Clara, they're not America's team, they're great America's team. And they, to have them in our turf going up against Kansas City, it's a nightmare because it's the two worst teams to any real Raider fan. That's true. With that being said, are you picking somebody or what? Kansas City went on the road. They beat the number three and number one seed. Yeah. 49ers struggled with the number seven and were very lucky against the number three at home. I think Kansas City is going to smoke them. I don't think it's going to be close. Well, here's the, you know, for me, I'm all about handicapping the the best quarterback. And I have a real problem going against Patrick Mahomes. I, you know, it's hard. And especially with Brock Purdy, what he's displayed over the last couple of weeks. Yes, he led game winning drives, but it really wasn't all him. It was Christian McCaffrey. It was those drives against the Packers at the end and, and then the Lions uh, at the end of those games. But McCaffrey came up big and yeah, he had a couple, you know, nice uh, completions. But I mean, how much do you trust Brock Purdy? 
and the most important game in a Super Bowl against the defending champions that has not only Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the way Isaiah Pacheco and others are playing right now, but going against that defense. As you know, being a longtime you know, Raiders fans and those rivalries with the Chiefs, the Chiefs never really got it done. They had to outscore opponents, but this year they flipped the script. I mean, Kansas City's not scoring over 20 points for the most part, but their defense is going up big. So... The Niners' calling card has been their defense, but, man, they didn't show up. They got shredded for over 400 yards against both the Packers and uh, especially the Lions last week. So for me, man, I, I think I have to, as much as I like San Francisco and the makeup of the team and the personnel that they got on both sides of the ball, Purdy still scares me, and no way I'm going against Mahomes. Because you go against Mahomes last week, you got burned. You went against him the week before, Buffalo, you got burned. So to me, man... I'm going Patrick Mahomes over Brock Purdy any day of the week, twice on Sunday, three times on Super Bowl Sunday. The 49ers, they're even talking about benching Chase Young because uh, of his lack of effort. Cleveland Farrell was the heart of that defensive line this year, eating up blockers and just giving 100%. I, I don't see how they're going to stop Kansas City, and I don't see the 49ers being able to to do much against that defense. My prediction on social media yesterday was 31-17, and I'm sticking with that. Kansas City uh, should win this Super Bowl easily. I mean, Brock Purdy's big 50-yard pass, if the defender just gets a hand up and it doesn't hit his face mask, if he just swats it, we're looking at Detroit, Kansas City. So... The 49ers are very fortunate to be there. If I, if you said, who do I want to win? I have a lot of loved ones and close friends that are 49er fans. I would take the 49ers, but dollar for dollar, sports for sports, just call it as I see it. Kansas City in a walkover. So how much did this uh, sicken you, Dennis, that, you know, for the Super Bowl week here in Vegas, the Chiefs will be practicing at the Raiders' beautiful new facility in Henderson. The uh, 49ers are going to be over at the Fertitta Football Complex, which is nice, but it's on the campus of UNLV. The Chiefs get to uh, be in Mark Davis's home on Sunday, you know, the Palace, like you say, and he's going to be at his uh, facility for about eight days. Uh, now, I'm sure that you know he's reaping the rewards of some nice rent there, maybe. But uh, what do you think of that? Is that, is that an insult to injury? Twilight Zone was the show I'm thinking of. It's oh. just a better part. Yeah, it's he's having his Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> um, but you know, I think having with Antonio Pierce is going to be a great recruiter. But for them to be able to see those facilities, um, I, I don't think that's a totally bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because they Kansas City is going to have a salary cap issue and. They're going to be having to pay the pay the price at some point. So, I'm I believe the yeah, it's the twilight zone we're living in right now, brother. <laughs> so let me ask you: uh, if not yet, uh, will you be adding any Dan Campbell references to um, either your Hall of Fame performance on Sunday night or in the future for your other gigs? Oh, definitely, man. Some of these coaches think they're playing Madden. There are certain things in this game of football that transcend time and trends. 
it's the you don't take points off the board in a championship game and when you're playing on the road against a superior opponent you take what you get you don't gamble and they lost by 3 and he gave away 6 points it's ridiculous yeah yeah all right how do you feel about Lamar Jackson um like anybody, when you're going in the championship game, when you're playing against the best of the best, there's there's certain things about a quarterback like Mahomes who can get out and use his legs when needed, but stays in the pocket and makes those passes. That that's it's proven time and time again. Um, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I got to see him play when they came to Vegas. I got to see him in person. He's one of the great athletes to ever play at quarterback. However, in championship football, you need to be able to sit there and make the plays. You can't, you know, something about Baltimore in that championship game since he's been there, um, they just come up short. Uh, and I really like him. I think he's a great young man. So he, there's, there's, there's truth that don't you cannot run from, and a quarterback needs to be able to stay in there, look downfield, see the receivers, and hit them. And if you're looking to run and not make the play, uh, you know you're you're not going to win a championship. See, Dennis, I think he's getting too much of a free pass, even even for you, because listen, if you're going to command that money, you're going to hold out at training camp. You're going to do all this, all right, and you know you are going to be in the conversation of of most valuable player. You've got to be better than that, okay? You've got to be yep. better than everybody else, and you have to put it on your shoulders, okay? Where were those legs? Have we now begun to see? the deterioration or slight deterioration of his running game and his ability, even when he broke out on that fourth and one, when they were in desperate mode already early on in that game, he ran and busted it, but he didn't run away from the defenders. Do you see how he just kind of like, okay, uh, when am I going to slide? When am I going to go down? He was like getting ready to stiff arm, man, you got, you got to, and then you look at what Brock Purdy did. Brock Purdy put his head down in on that final drive when they extended the lead from yep. three to 10. This guy's, you know, on a 35-yard run. And Lamar Jackson is, like, looking to duck and hide. I don't get it. And, again, throwing that interception in the end zone into triple coverage, no. And that's not the first time that we see this. We see this in big games, specifically the playoffs. He hasn't been to championship games before. This guy's gotten bounced to wild card games, got bounced in divisional round games. Now he makes it to the to the uh, championship game in his conference on his home field in a game they're favored, and he can't deliver. So, no, I don't want to hear about MVP. I don't want to hear about this guy. And I've been anti-Lamar Jackson forever because I don't think he's that bright. I, I, I don't think he can read coverages. His his accuracy has gotten better. Yes, okay, I'll, I'll give him that. But when they needed it the most, he failed again. No free passes. He's got to take just as much blame for that loss as Dan Campbell's taken for the loss in Detroit. I, I cannot disagree with you. You know, he... Uh... There's a reason there's championship quarterbacks. Tom Brady was not a great athlete right. as far as running around. Tom Brady was a leader of men, and he could put the ball into the tightest windows under the biggest pressure in the biggest spotlight. Lamar is not that guy. 
They should give out the MVP at the end of the season, not the regular season. After the Super Bowl, let's give up the awards. Yeah, yeah thank you. you. Right. I don't you wanna... know, you, you, you can run it up all you want in the first 17 games of the year, but when the big money games are on, you know, you you can't you can't have the uh, Joe uh, Joe Flacco is playing better ball than you in big games. That's <laughs> it. You got it. All right, my man. Uh, we'll let you go. But before we do that, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, either in person or online. Uh, Dennis has great stuff. Uh, dry bar comedy. Uh, just fill everybody in, brother. Uh, yes, the two specials are on Amazon Prime and on all the social media platforms. Um, Comedian Dennis is my handle on all the social media. Um, I'll actually be at Laughs Unlimited tomorrow night getting ready with my material for Sunday night. So um, looking forward to coming up, seeing you. And uh, I, I don't know if I'll be skinnier than you yet, but I, I'm down. I'm down. One six. I'm, I, I told Tony Lopez that we would have a celebrity boxing match if he got 170. Under 170, so it's not happening. I'm there. Tony's nowhere near. This is a guy that competed at 130, 135, 140, even later in his career, and, and he's not seeing 170. He's not seeing that. Oh. He still does look good, though. I will say that. I mean, he looks good for a light heavyweight right now. But I mean, yes, on, yeah. <laughs> yes, he looks he looks great for a light heavyweight. He looks to know that he was the lightweight champ of the world, right? It, I mean, come on, Tony, get it together. You're representing the uh, three time <laughs> champ. At least, at least he kept all his hair. I'm still jealous of him hey. about that for keeping all his hair. That darn guy. Hey. I tease him a lot, but man, talk about a teddy bear. What a great guy. Yeah. What a great guy. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday and uh, we'll talk uh, some more Super Bowl as well, too. Yes, sir. There it is. Thank you for having Dennis Gaxiola out of the Twilight Zone and at the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame performing on Sunday night, Thunder Valley Casino. Looking forward to that. Uh, get your tickets. Come on out. See him roast our Class of 24, 2024 inductees. Great stuff, all right? Speaking of inductees, we're going to introduce you to Jamie Whitmore, one of uh, the greatest uh, female athletes of all time. may not have heard of her, but uh, her story is amazing. The Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at the brand new venue at Thunder Valley Casino Resort. Join us as we induct the class of 2024. NBA champion Matt Barnes, all-star James Donaldson, Major League Baseball's Nick Johnson and Leon Lee, and world champion triathlete Jamie Whitmore. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For all info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Hi, this is Dusty Baker, proud member of the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. You have to be there to see it at Thunder Valley I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. In. Ah, yes, our Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration Sunday night, Thunder Valley Casino, 7 p.m. Our annual gala. It is fantastic. And the class of 2024, well represented. And uh, got a chance to talk with just about all of our Hall of Famers this week leading up to the event. And it is an exciting night. It is 
literally Sacramento's best sports night of the year where you get to see all of these inductees up close and personal. Such a fan-friendly event, plus the entertainment, the comedy, you have everything. And more importantly, you get a chance to learn about the trials, the tribulations of our superstar athletes that grew up in Sacramento. Even if you're not from Sacramento... I get this all the time where people will say, wow, I go to the website and yeah, I'm from, you know, Vegas or St. Louis or Chicago, Minnesota. I had no idea that so-and-so was from Sacramento. I had no idea he had, you know, this many athletes in all these different sports and, uh, 45 of will be enshrined as of a Sunday night and 10 different sports. And they all have fantastic stories and more importantly, all just great human beings and uh, very accessible you know, to the audience that comes to the event each and every year. And uh, one of those you're going to get a chance to visit with right now. Uh, she is one of the most multi-talented athletes ever, not only to come from Sacramento, but just uh, her resume is spectacular. She is a triathlete, a paracyclist. She was a ESPY Award winner several years ago. And guess what? She is still competing today. Jamie Whitmore, what's going on, girl? <laughs> not much. All right. Not much. I don't believe that because you just got <laughs> back from Australia. You're traveling the world. You're still competing. And you've got kids. You don't have a down moment in your day. So I don't want let's try this again. Hey Jamie, what's going on? <laughs> well, I scratched some time out of my day to be on the show because I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You, 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 you won me over with that. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. To let our audience know that may not be familiar with you, Jamie has a very unique and tremendous story that basically defies all odds. Jamie was a successful distance runner. She was on the track team, cross country tra uh, team back in high school and in college, uh, went to Cal state Northridge. Uh, then she found a different sport. She found triathlon and then she dominated that sport and winning over 12 world championships between all the disciplines that she's done over the years from triathlon to paracycling and including an Olympic gold medal that she won in 2016 uh, at the Paralympic Games in Rio de Janeiro. But and a good portion of this happened after doctors discovered that she had cancer. She was fighting for her life. She had three surgeries in a year. She overcame it all and won championships, world championships, gold medals after that as now a paracyclist. And she is still competing today. So the big question that everybody wants to know, Jamie, how? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I tell my kids, live your passion. And my passion has always been to travel and to compete. So <laughs> being competitive in sports kind of gives you the best of both worlds. But I mean, I've been asked that so many times. I've been asked where I get my energy, especially as a mom of four and then doing all of this. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's just, it's just who I am. It's what I do. I just keep finding a way and however I can do it, I keep going. <laughs> but I think it, it definitely is just that love of competing that, that keeps me going because I am going to be 48 this year. <laughs> Sometimes. I won't lie. Sometimes I ask, like, man, when when am I going to hang things up? <laughs> but I told myself at least until fifty, I would I would just keep competing. 
whatever it was, whether it goes back to off-road, whether I start this new thing called gravel racing, whether I pick up sit skiing, that I wanted to keep keep being um, an elite competitive athlete until I was 50, and, and then I would reevaluate at that point. <laughs> okay, but at 48 and everything that you've gone through, I mean, how give our audience an idea of how long these races are. We're familiar with triathlon and the cycling and everything, but you're talking gravel racing, what, all this other stuff. I mean, you just got back from Australia and you competed, right? Okay, how long were these races, and, and how many days, rounds was this? So for for the para for the World Cup part the the paracycling World Cup my one race is like twenty twenty five minutes that's the time trial and then the road race can be anywhere from an hour and forty five minutes to maybe two and a half hours it just depends on the type of course that is but then my one of my teammates and I decided we were going to jump into the rattle gravel race which is kind of this new thing where it's the cross between road and mountain biking you you ride a road bike but you kind of have fatty tires and i had never done one before but they've started opening up these categories for for para athletes and so i figured what the heck she's doing it it's here in australia why not so i borrowed a bike Thanks to the folks at SRAM and Canyon Bicycles, they they loaned me <laughs> this bike, and I just jumped into the race. And that was a four-hour race because my teammate has one leg, and I have one and a quarter leg functioning legs. Wow. So, you know, we just we rode it together. And I got to tell you, it's remarkable to watch somebody who has even less of a leg than me just climb these massive hills that, I mean, I think our first one was 17%. And I, I made it up, and she had to get a little shove from one of the media motorcycle guys. He brought her back up to me. But the rest, she did all on her own. I did. We just we made lots of friends. We saw kangaroos. But it was just one of those new experiences, and I loved it. So now i got to figure out how to get a gravel bike and start doing more of these races. But they, they go up to two, 200 miles. It is, is one of the longest races. It, it's amazing to think about. I mean, like you said, you have a, a leg and a half, okay? And everything you went through, you don't have a hamstring anymore. You don't have a glute muscle. And you're competing, winning championships. It is kind of hard to fathom, just even if you weren't competing, for someone to, to hear you say, well, yeah, I'm riding two and a half or four hours. I need two food stops in that time, Jamie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, it's, my, it's mind-boggling to think think about this and your story is such an inspiration to everybody. And I know that, you know, going back to getting that ESPY, I mean, where you were recognized, you know, not only by ESPN, but worldwide talk about how that came about and your reaction to that. And then the accolades that came because of that. It's funny. Cause when I got the email from the folks at the ESPYs, I honestly thought it was spam. I almost deleted it, and if it hadn't been for Team USA posting it all of a sudden on their Facebook page, I, I really would have probably not paid much attention to it. And then I thought, holy cow, I've I've actually been nominated. And the whole experience was probably one of the most memorable, most exciting things I've ever experienced because I have always been a huge fan of both movies and theater and then sports. I mean, I grew up in my household. It was Monday night football. We always watched the Olympics. My dad was a huge baseball fan. And that was just 
everything centered around sports. I was always competing in something. We, you know, it was trying out different things. Like my dad played softball. We did co-ed volleyball together. I played fast pitch softball. I ran. I mean, it was just, we were always a very active family. So to show up to the ESPYs and I knew very much what it was. (laughs) It was like the who's who. And it was really cool. It was the year that our soccer team was actually doing well on a world cup level. So they were there. You had, um, the guy, oh gosh, the, the actor that plays Sheldon was there. I mean, it was just so many people, the whole cast of Glee. Um, I mean, everywhere I turned, I kept seeing someone. Richard Sherman was there right after the Seahawks had won. And so I got to sit and talk with him, even though I was a Niner fan at the time. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, it's just DeMarcus Cousins was there. In fact, he helped get people to vote for me by doing a contest. And so it's just, it was such a community of, of athletes and actors. And so (laughs) I, I mean, winning was just the icing on the cake. I would have been happy to walk away with just that experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the free stuff that you get, because everybody wants you to try things out, uh, the pre-parties, the after-parties, I mean, walking the red carpet. And I ended up making, like, the top 32 best dressed, which is hilarious. I think it was just... I think it was just because I was wearing tennis shoes with my dress yeah. instead of high heels. <laughs> As you should. I, come on. I wouldn't expect anything less. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it was just, I, like, I still talk about it to this day. It was so cool. Jamie Whitmore, multi-talented triathlete, paracyclist, SB Award winner, uh, going to the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame on Sunday night. When you reflect back over the past 20 years and you view this roller coaster ride that you have endured with the health and near death and and then again having your twins born while you were in the hospital, you know, diagnosed with cancer. I mean, I, I know this is a such a big open-ended question, but when you kind of reflect back, what goes through your mind? And then there has to be one or two things that really kind of either stick out to like, you know, where the second chance comes in or whatever. But I'm just very curious, what goes through your mind when you reflect back? Oh, it, I would say faith and friends. And it's one of those where it's not that my faith was tested. It's that my faith grew stronger. I was, I've always been a believer and I don't know. It was just one of those that I felt there was such purpose in my adversity and my hardships and what I was going through. And I would, I kept telling myself in the midst of it all, when you get out on the other side of this, you're going to look back and and you're going to see the why, because it's too hard to see the why when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it. And then it was the community, the friends that I had made all over the world and throughout the years that. I got to see rally and really lift me up during that time. And even complete strangers that would reach out to me and talk about how what I was going through had an impact in their life, how my willingness to not give up or the fact that I was pushing through or then pursuing becoming a Paralympic athlete. And and it, it just, I mean, it was crazy. It's just crazy how where I am today is because of just so many people in my life helping me (laughs) and maybe me helping them, I suppose too, but just that community of people. You're still competing in your forties and near 50. I don't want to remind you, but you brought it up. Okay. 
<laughs> you've accomplished so much. What keeps you going? You know, I think through the the evolution of, of an athlete kind of stages of being an athlete, you start out and I was just so focused and driven on winning, 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 being my best, because that's, that's, that's what you do. You're always striving for the first place, the top. And then once you reach all of that, what do you do if you want to keep going? Because let's face it, as we get older, there are people half my age racing, and it kind of starts to evolve in being more of a mentor or and supporting my sports. I, I, I've been a huge believer in just the fact that women, we have all these opportunities because of things like Title IX. And if we just walk away without still investing, then our numbers go down. And it's even more true in parasports is that there there aren't a lot of women and there aren't a lot of people with disabilities that are going out there and becoming elite athletes. So if you just disappear, then, you know, my category kind of declines. And so being out there, I feel like I'm still, I'm still holding my own, by the way. I've made some podium finishes quite a bit, but it's, it's more of just being in the mix with, with them and helping to kind of mentor the next generation that it's kind of tricky because when you're able-bodied, that's what we say for people who don't have a disability, but when you're able-bodied, you grow up through a process with all of these things, programs and everything that help you grow. But sometimes in the world of para sports, you can go from someone who just, you know, jumped into that sport to all of a sudden now competing at a world championship level. And there hasn't been the steps in between. So you can be very green when you show up to, to an event that sometimes with able-bodied, there's been more of a process. And so I think it's all the more important for, for veterans to stick around and lend that knowledge and experience that someone might not get because they're having they're in the midst of this crash course of showing up at a selection event and then now you're named to the roster to go to the world championships you know, so i feel like i feel like as long as there's relevancy i'm gonna stick around and, and help grow the sport awesome you know when you were younger you were a swimmer then you were a runner then you got into biking mountain biking all that stuff and and i know that you had told me before that you know hey that's why the triathlon really kind of appealed to you because you could use all of your talents and not a lot of people have all those talents they usually specialize maybe okay they're predominantly you know a swimmer and some of those other legs are going to be they're not going to be as good but uh, did you feel when you were competing in the triathlon that you were just as good in one discipline as the other, or did you, you know, you know, feel that, okay, you know, I just let me get through this stage. This might be my weakest one, but man, I kick ass in this one. Oh, definitely the latter. I, yeah. I, I would say even though swimming was my first big sport, that definitely was my weakest. And I, I wasn't willing to put, to invest the time to be better at it because in, in off-road triathlons, it was, it was like 20% of the race. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to spend more than 20% of my time training for it. So I often had to learn to have patience because I would come out of the water, you know, maybe top, barely top 10. And then I had to bike my way and run my way across the finish line <laughs> to try and be first. So it was, it was definitely learning to endure and be patient. Uh, the, uh, I would say most courses, 
my strong point was cycling. But oftentimes, it, it would come down to the run. And we were battling it out. One race, I, I remember being down by an entire mile against my biggest rival, Melanie McQuaid. And I was, I mean, I was, it was kind of a flat race. I had lost my shoe in the mud, had to go back, pull it out, put it on. And, and it just seemed like I was slowly making gains, but I was gutting myself that entire run. And then I saw her with maybe, I'm trying to think, a couple minutes to go to the finish line. And I just was hoping she didn't know I was coming, that she thought I was still so far off because I was literally sprinting with half a mile to go. And then I could see her and I could see the finish line. And, and I, I knew I had given so much that I didn't know how much I had left. And lo and behold, coming into the, the finish shoot, I passed her and crossed the finish line. And and it's just like there were several times where races came down and it was that close. Muddy, muddy shoe there. You cross the finish line <laughs> with, with a muddy shoe. I, I don't know. So, I mean, uh, are you big into pedicures? That's what I want to know. Because I can only imagine. I mean, uh, how many, you know, millions of miles, I mean, have gone on those feet, whether it's running or cycling <laughs> or whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm not saying I want to look at your feet. I'm not saying that. But, you know, for a guy who kind of enjoys a good pedicure, I'm just wondering if you're into that. No, not really. Especially not anymore because I can I can only enjoy it on one foot. I don't even feel the other one, so I feel like I get jit. Uh, oh no! <laughs> what a sense of humor! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Hilarious! And motherhood obviously is uh, is treating you well as well too. I don't know how you find time uh, for it and to find the balance. But again, you know, competing as much as you do and being able to to be a mother and uh, and all this. It's just a. Uh, it's a, it's a great tribute. It's a great story. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, I don't know how I find time either, but my, my days are definitely spent mm-hmm. from sun up to sundown, you know, pouring into the kids while they're at school, pour, trying to pour into myself and then rushing back to get them at school. And I'm always running them to some sport or drama or something. I've even started a running club after school two days a week so that... And I've, got, I've had up to like 15 kids choosing to run. <laughs> wow. And I mean, I take them out on five, five to 10 Ks. And, and it's just like seeing, I, I, I really want people to learn that sports should be a lifestyle and there's something out there for you, whether you, you don't have to be coordinated and have to catch or throw balls or hit or um, play football, that there's running and there's cycling and there's yoga and Pilates. There's just so many ways that you can move and be active and healthy and to make it a lifestyle. And so that's what I'm trying to do with these kids is showing them that, you know, maybe you're not into soccer, you're not a team sport kind of person, but come out and just run. And the greatest thing about running is you can measure yourself every day. You don't ever have to compare yourself to someone else. It's Mm -hmm. how are you improving day in and day out? And how much further can you go this time without walking? So it's exciting to see them all accomplish their first 10K and be super stoked about the fact that they just ran 6.2 miles. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And I know that you're an advocate of, of people participating in multiple sports like you did when you were younger as well, too. 
right? And everything seems yeah. so specialized these days. Even though you may be good in something, it's it's good to have these kids get out and play and in and, and, and try multiple sports, even if they don't aren't successful at them all. Just try it, and you never know where, where you might end up, right? Exactly. And my other selling point is I tell them, look, if soccer is your focus, running is going to make you a better soccer player. There you go. And, and, and it's just getting them to come out. And I also do plyometrics with these kids. And let me tell you, I never heard so much groaning and moaning. (laughs) (laughs) And then watching them try to do things where it takes like serious coordination, but it's, but it's fun because it's introducing them into something new and, and, and it's taking weights out of the equation because I know especially young boys are always wanting to hit the weight room and get stronger and tougher. And it's teaching them that you can use your body weight and explosiveness to get stronger and you're not going to hinder any of your growth or hurt yourself because it's all based off of just your own body weight. So it's fun. I love teaching and stretching because let, let's face it, nobody likes stretching when they're young. Mm-hmm. They don't understand the importance of that. <laughs> Jamie, appreciate the time today. Uh, awesome stuff. Congratulations on your induction to the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. Looking forward to see you on Sunday night. Uh, enjoy every moment of it because it is so well-deserved. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it and hope to see a lot of folks out there. You got it. All right. Take care, Jamie. Appreciate you. Thanks. There she is. Jamie Whitmore, multi-talented triathlete, paracyclist, SB award winner, still competing today. She has an amazing story. And if you want to know more about that story, go to the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame website at sacsportshof.com. It has been great um, getting to share the stories of these athletes from different sports and our Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration is always uh, a night that people just, they leave out of there and they're just like, wow. And uh, hopefully you got a lot of that out of the interviews that uh, we played for you today and uh, during the course of this past week. All right, Nick Johnson, Leon Lee, the superstardom that they achieved in baseball, one in the major leagues, one in Japan. And then in basketball, James Donaldson being seven foot two, not picking up a basketball and learning the game until he's a senior in high school, being an all-star, to Matt Barnes and all the difficulties he had as a youngster, you know, growing up, going to UCLA, winning a world championship with the Warriors and playing, you know, 14 seasons in the NBA. Fantastic story. And then, of course, you've got Jamie Whitmore and her story, a triathlete who has gets cancer, fighting for a life, and now takes up paracycling and dominates that and wins gold medals and represents Team USA. All right. It's been great. Have yourself a great one. Enjoy. We'll be back at it on Tuesday. Do it for your name. Cause they're gonna be a day.